Blog Talk Radio. today to bring you strength. Strength from the Lions Den is a compelling talk show that discusses life's difficult situations through relevant topics, important issues, and empowerment from a biblical perspective. The Lions Den will bring you the energy of encouragement, transcending godly wisdom, the efficacy of knowledge and education, and primarily strength to the weary in life from the sourcehood of our connection with our Lord Jesus Christ. So today I want you to roar for your victory, roar for your power, roar for your prosperity, roar for your deliverance, and roar for your strength. Strength from the Lions Den's topic tonight is women with purpose, number one. Number one means there's going to be a number two and number three and number four of women with purpose. But tonight we're dealing with the number one balancing family, career, ministry, and issues that women face. Listen, you've come a long way, baby. In the 1960s and 1970s, this was the mantra of feminism and women's liberation. Some women make it look easy to do, where to wear all those hats and the different roles in life, and they don't ever let us see them sweat. But some women wonder, do they have a secret ingredient that pulls this all together where other women struggle? Or are these just ordinary women just like you with similar struggles that have something that compels them to stand up and stand out? My panelists and I will dive into some women's issues and what it means to be a lady in the boardroom, the bedroom, and the upper room, a woman of purpose. Now, when I say boardroom, I'm talking about career and work life. When I say upper room, I'm talking about God, ministry, and spiritual life. And when I say bedroom, I'm talking about ooh-la-la. Marriage, sex, and home life Now, this ain't love and hip-hop Jesus version So they're going to be raw, but they ain't going to be ratchet for you, okay? Now, let me tell you about my guest today One of my guests is a minister of Life Austin Ministries A high school teacher and a college professor She's currently pursuing a doctoral degree from Capella University in educational psychology She is the founder of Motivation to Make It Through Helping women get through what they're going through She's a wife, mother, and motivationalist. Phenomenal woman, Minister Lisa Solomon. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. All right. Now, my other guest is an author, a coach. She is the Purpose Midwife, the founder of the Pearl Cole Incorporated, co-founder of the Nash Project, and co-author of her and her husband's book, Misunderstood Silence. Her goal is to uplift, inspire, and transform lives. She's a wife, a mother, she does it all. The Renaissance woman, Chanel Nash. Welcome to the show, Chanel. Hello, 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 everybody. All right. Come on, let's hear it for our guests that are here tonight. (laughs) 
Can't tell the people they're, they're, they're excited to have you here. Good evening, good evening, ladies. You're in the lion's den. Listen, tonight we're going to tackle uh, balancing home life, balancing career, balancing ministry. Some things women struggle with, keeping all this together. But before we do, uh, I want you to tell us a little about about yourself. Uh, Minister Solomon? Yes. Hello, everybody. Um, I am a strong woman, but a gentle woman um, who loves God and helping others. And I have a true drive to fight every challenge that comes my way because of who I am and because of past and present experience. And my passion to preach and teach that enables me to be a better woman than I was yesterday. And as our host has already given you my bio, I am so excited as well to be known as an author whose book will be coming out. I have to give a shout-out at the beginning of the year, Motivation to Make It Through. And also, I am a 14-year lupus survivor and advocate and lupus warrior. And that's just a little about myself. Now, now, Minister Solomon, also here you have a great, great, tremendous husband. Oh, my goodness. How can I leave that out? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> I am married to our wonderful husband. All right, all right. Good, good. We just want to get that out there. Um, Mr. Mrs. Chanel Nash, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, as he's already stated, my name is Chanel Nash. Um, my husband and I, his name is Jeffrey Nash. We wrote our first book last year called Misunderstood Silence. And one of our biggest um, things that we advocate for is marriage altogether because I don't believe that there's a lot of people fighting to keep marriage um, and to continue to sustain marriage. So that's one of our biggest things that we fight for on a daily basis is for other marriages to teach them how to better communicate with one another so that we can continue to see longevity within marriage. Um, I also own my own nonprofit organization called the Pearl Code, where we mentor young women um, ages 10 to 18 on different um, topics such as philanthropy, entrepreneurship, academics, religion, and leadership. I'm just trying to give these ladies a platform to where they continue to soar to higher heights from glory to glory. Um, And we definitely um, are very big in our church lives with our church at Greater Starlight Temple in Eastman, Georgia, where my husband is the minister of music there, and I am the praise team leader. So we do a lot of um, a lot of work within our community as a whole to continue to just uplift the people that are around us and continue to motivate, educate, and inspire those within our lives. All right, Ms. Nash, are you expecting anything? Is there an expecting thing coming? Well, I'm always expecting a blessing, but yes, I am three months pregnant with my second oh. child at the moment. I'm keeping my fingers crossed. I'm asking y'all to send up them prayers for a boy. Yes, I already right. have a girl, so we need a boy. Balance out that lifestyle. <laughs> awesome. Well, that, well, that's great. Well, ladies, let me let me start off. I want to ask you, uh, Lisa, what, what's one thing that's happened in your life that has made you a stronger woman? So one thing I can say that has made me a stronger woman is having lupus. Um, as I said before, I'm a 14-year lupus survivor. Um, diagnosed at the age of 33. Now, that was one of the hardest things I ever had to endure. Um, I almost died, and I had to decide whether living was more important than just feeling sorry for myself. Now, through the years, I've endured pain and hardships, being in the hospital, and an overall just low point in my life, but I have to say I thank God for being there with me through it all because I got my strength um, through Kim and through my daughter and even actually just trying to help others. Now, I pray, I would pray, Lord, this is not the plan I had for my life. You know, I cannot understand why I was going through what I was going through. And I had to ask the Lord, you know, why am I going through this? Said, because I know you can help me. Now, I've lived my life for the Lord every since. I would speak at different women conferences, churches, witnessing others, and that was always a blessing to me, just as well as it was to others. So 
going through this and dealing with this particular illness, it has actually made me stronger as a woman. It has taught me so many things. And by me helping others, that, even though that gives others strength, that gives me that much strength in well, that, that's amazing because people go through things. It's amazing that you would say lupus makes us stronger. Some people go through things, and it makes us bitter. We get bitter about it, but that's I'm, right. I'm happy exactly. to know it's made you better, stronger. Uh, Chanel, what, what, what one thing, Chanel, what one thing has happened that has made you a stronger woman? For me, I think one of the things that has made me the strongest is being married young. You know, there's such a stigmatism on young marriages that they don't work. And I think um, God always places us into situations that causes us to grow deeper in him, to continue to build that relationship with him. And I don't think I would be in the walk of my life where I am now if it wasn't for me being married because it caused me to seek him more. It caused me to pray more because when you become a wife, you know, that prayer life has to be on and popping when you're married. Mm-hmm. You can't be, yes. you know, just doing them play-play prayers, you know. Um, no, you God, thank no, you for can't. waking me up this morning. They got to get real. That thing has to get real. So I believe marriage for me has been the one thing that has made me the strongest um, out of my entire life. That's good. Uh, uh, a lot of people talk about marriage as vital, a vital component. They say it's communication. But prayer also ranks right up there as well. Wouldn't you agree? Definitely. Definitely. You have to have that prayer life. Your marriage can't survive without an active prayer life and a consistent Mm -hmm. prayer life. Okay, well, I want to ask you a question. It's about, this is about women, things that we men have heard or seen. Do, I'm going to listen how I phrase this question. Do you feel women have a false paranoid distrust of each other or is this distrust real uh, furthermore or is there a true super sisterhood that bonds women together saying the allegations of there being distrust among women is false but rather there's a sisterhood that bonds women together uh, Chanel, what would you? how would you answer that or what would you say on that um, for me I think it's a yes to all three um, for one Uh, When it comes to the paranoid distrust among women, I think a lot of times women think they have to be in competition with each other um, and that they can't work together to continue to help each other build each other up. It's almost like that that mindset of the crab in the bucket or the crab in the barrel um, stigmatism that is placed over a lot of different – People and I think that that happens with women sometimes a lot, especially uh, because we're nurturers, we're protectors when mm-hmm. it comes over our businesses, our marriages, and things like that. So we instantly become like the mama bear over everything. And the moment we feel like okay, somebody is out to get us, somebody is out to sabotage us, it can be just a you know the devil playing tricks on our minds, and that can cause that paranoid distrust. And then you also do have, you know, a real distrust amongst women just because um, everything that we have gone through over time, and you have a lot of women who don't understand the true sisterhood of women coming together and empowering one another. So they always have in their mind that, you know, somebody, this woman is not here to benefit me but to harm me. And then... There is a sisterhood among women. When you can find those mm-hmm. women who will support you, um, who will come, who will pray over you, who will come to your events and things of that nature, there is a true sisterhood. Me and Miss Lisa, um, I've seen her support everything I do. She may not be able to make it to every event, but trust me, mm-hmm. she will share my flyers. She will put That's me in right. contact with people who can help but there is a truth yes. to and you know I try to tell women we are a movement by ourselves but we are a force when we're together so we have to Love work right on continuing to build that sisterhood Amen, Amen. Wonderful. We're, for, we're, we're a force when we're together Lisa before you answer that question let me just take a quick break and let people know what's going on listen I'm Apostle John L. Solomon and you're tuned in to Strength from the Lion's Den We're powered by We Inspired Network Radio. 
or win radio. See, I'm partnering with some good people that just want us to win. And I want to thank everyone who's tuning in tonight. You are the reason why we're here. Uh, at my next break, I'm going to tell you how you can get a free copy of my ebook, The Power Keys Life of Wisdom Series, Volume 1. That gives you wisdom for living. Just like two of my faithful supporters, Maggie McDowell and Rosalie McNutt, received their ebook. So you take, stay tuned, and I'm going to tell you how you can get you one too, all right? Now, in the lion's den today, I have two lionesses. Lionesses. I put a lot of S on it. But two lionesses, Chanel Nash and Minister Lisa Solomon. Now, now, Lisa, if you would go on and answer that question about the, uh, is there a true sisterhood or is there more mistrust among women? Okay, and um, before I start, I want to say I agree with you totally, Chanel. Now, as far as the distrust, I do feel that the distrust that some women have for other women are real. Now, this comes about through friendship. You got one friend who was hurt from another friend, and this is at some very unhealthy level. Now, many women think it's normal, just like as Chanel was saying, to compete with other women, especially for men's attention. So in order to do so, some feel they can resort to what we want to call unethical behavior, and which is the reason why we have a lot of broken marriages and relationships um, through affairs as a result of another woman. And also, women love to share personal details with their friends. Now, we as women, we are very relationship-oriented. So we see self-disclosure as a building block to trust. For example, now, we can tell a female friend something personal, and if she keeps that information to herself permanently, then she has earned your trust. However, if she goes and talks about it, then she opens herself up to breaking your trust. Now, I can say for some women, there is a true sisterhood that bonds women together, as Chanel was speaking about. Now, women who understand how powerful they are do not give into envy over what we want to call meaningless things. Instead, they fight. I mean, they truly fight to maintain that bond of sisterhood. Now, you got there are real women who know that we need each other's love, we need each other's support to survive. We build each other up instead of tearing each other down. It's, it's just too much of that tearing down going up and not enough building up. And true sisterhood, you can't force it. It has to be developed with patience and interest yeah. over time. And I know from experience that not every woman will be your friend. They will not be your best friend, nor should she be invited to your what we call our inner circle. But every woman is deserving mm-hmm. of your respect and support when you're able to provide it. Now, sisterhood, mm-hmm. that shouldn't be a word we just throw around. That's something I don't use on a regular basis. But we always hear, you know, being your sister's keeper. Now, being your sister's keeper, that should be what I would call a reflex. It should be based on how you, said, you would uh, want to be re- treated. A reflex. Okay. Yeah, because it should be based on how you would want to be treated. If you were walking in that woman's shoes, sisterhood, it transcends, it transforms us into better women. And it has to be truly from the heart. Uh-huh. I, I, I like what. I like what you said about building up and tearing down what the Bible said. A wise woman builds, but a foolish right. woman tears down. Well, I'm glad Amen. I got some wise women on this uh, panel here tonight. Listen, uh, as working women, do you think things are fair for women in their workplace? Or uh, you know, or do you think women are getting a fair shake nowadays? Uh, Lisa? Um, it kind of go both ways because I think, in the workplace, a lot of women now, they are more educated than they were before, especially, you know, I can remember even coming up back in the day, and they're just more educated now, and so they can handle a lot of the positions that even um, men or top-level top people have nowadays, and sometimes people are definitely intimidated by that. Um, sometimes people, um, employers feel that women can't do particular jobs, and they are really showing out in this workforce now a day. They are really showing what they can do. But I do think sometimes they are not treated fair just because of their gender. Okay. Chanel, how do you see that? I think, just like Lisa stated, I think we have come a long way. Um, but do I think we have some more growing to do in that area? Definitely. Um 
nowadays there are a lot of women, there are more women opening up businesses. So I definitely give props to those mm-hmm. women who are stepping outside yeah. of the box and say, mm-hmm. okay, since they're not going to give it to me, I'll make that avenue for myself, and which is what we've had to do. Um, I talk to my husband all the time. He's been in restaurant management right now for about five years. He's making close to $60,000 a year. Doesn't have a college degree or any of that mm-hmm. or any of those things, mm-hmm. but yet, you know, he has found ways to make that kind of money. And yet, I've okay. seen women who work for, um, you know, other restaurants as well for 10, 14 years, and they're not making half of the money that he's making. And my question is, why? Mm-hmm. How can this woman who's been working in this position, who has more experience than he, um, you know, make twice as less than he is, and he's only been doing it for five years? I do think, you know, Mm -hmm. God does give him those blessings to be in those positions. But that is something to think about. Um, He just started Mm -hmm. with a new company um, for Cracker Barrel, and he went Mm -hmm. in initially, you know, starting at $54,000 a year, and there's a mm-hmm. woman who works there now, and she's making almost $6,000 less than them, and she's been there with the company for a long time, and now they're trying to catch her pay up to where he is. So it's like, okay, why is this happening? And I think a lot of times women don't understand their worth sometimes when they go into these interviews, and they don't ask for what they want. They just go based off, okay, this is what we can offer you. And they don't try to combat that. They don't try to give them, you know, a second offer. Okay, these are my credentials. This is what I'm worth. Mm -hmm. This is what I feel like you should Do you feel they're intimidated, Chanel? You feel they're intimidated to ask or afraid they may not get the job? I think it's a little bit of both. I think um, a lot of women feel like, okay, Maybe I'm asking for too much. I can't, you know, mm-hmm. what they're offering me is good. It's it's okay. It'll do. It'll get me by. But is that what you're worth? And once they understand who they are, whose they are, and their value, it's nothing that they mm-hmm. can't go in and ask for. And if you believe that what they're offering isn't good enough, we have to be strong enough to walk away and go find something else because there will be somebody who will give you what you're looking for. But you got to be bold enough to ask for it. Okay. Okay. Woo. Right. Well, you ladies, right. have, you ladies right. have inspired me. Right. You know what? When I get to work tomorrow, I'm going to make sure these women go to work. I ain't going to do nothing. I'm going to put them to work. I'm going to say, hey, hey, I believe you All can right do it. Now. I believe you can All do right it. Now. Go to work. You know, so I'm, I'm, like, I'm going to help them to get busy. So, this, yeah, yeah, you made a winner. You made a, uh, a believer out of me. <laughs> Listen, uh, it is. <laughs> I just, no, I'm just joking, but. Seriously, I I I I agree with both of you. I think women have come come a long way. They're they're very intelligent. You know, even even in the church, it was a time when uh, women couldn't preach, they couldn't teach. You can go and cook our food, and you can go and take care of the kids back in the back at the mm-hmm. children's church, but you can't stand out here on platforms. And I think that was grossly unfair, and I think that hindered the church and the growth. And unfortunately, some men still have that view. Uh, that women shouldn't be doing this, they shouldn't be doing that. When the enemy will attack any of us, women, children, girls, boy, it doesn't matter. So we need to be vocal in the Holy Ghost speaking through men as well as women. That's okay. right. Exactly. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Well, let, let, let me ask you a question about um, your careers and where you are now in your marriage. If you could go back and choose uh, your future between a, the hu- a husband or a great career, which would you choose? And and, and tell us why. Uh, let, let's start with uh, Lady Lisa. We, we really want to know. <laughs> well, if I can say that if I had to go back, I would definitely um, choose my marriage. Mm-hmm. Now, I think career is definitely, I think careers are definitely important, but I would choose my marriage because – I think it's very important um, as far as a marriage, having someone and loving someone and being there, supporting each other. And within that marriage now, you can grow. You can grow a business. You can grow a career. 
together. But I think it's just more important for that because with the career, a lot of times, which we may be chasing money, okay? And to me, and some people may not agree, but to me that's not as important because at the end of the day, then what do I have? And so as a woman for me, that's more more concrete and more special to me is to have my marriage. Now, I love my career, and I just thank God because I think between two people that you can bring the best out of them. And the thing about a career is if you're going to have a career, don't let that career overtake your marriage. Don't let that career overtake your life. Because even if you, if you if you do that, you're going to lose something. You're going to put more percent, or let's, let's say 100% into the career and 0% into the marriage. So you have to kind of look at it. You know, are you going to balance both the career and the marriage? You know, which mm-hmm. one is, mo- is most important? So I think sometimes um, people put a lot of emphasis on that career and sometimes in, in certain instances just chasing money so to speak, and it may not be that case for everybody, but I just think it's just more important. Um, family is much more important to me, so I look at it in that view. Okay. Well, uh, Sister Solomon, that was a great answer. We, we would hate for you to have a sofa ministry tonight, you know. <laughs> no, no. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just, I'm just kidding. You, you asked me <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nash, now, he didn't make Nash, me answer that, you? y'all. He didn't make me answer that. Mrs. <laughs> <laughs> Nash, how would you? What, what would you choose now? Would you choose uh, a great career, or would you rather have a husband? Always choose a husband first. If I'm married, my it, it's God first, my husband second. My re, my career mm-hmm. comes after that. Um, so when you continue to make sure you're focused in in that direction, everything else will, will come with it. I can't guarantee that um, tomorrow if I walk into my job, I'm going to still have that job. But what I can yeah. guarantee is that I can continue to build on my marriage. I can continue to work on my marriage because at the end of the day, that's first. That's what's most important. At the end of the you know, when you think about it, He's first. Mm-hmm. That's my head. Yeah. So how can I say that I'm a married woman, but yet my job takes precedence over my husband? It don't work like that. Amen. That's right. And that's why you do. That's why you do find that so many marriages go through infidelity. So many marriage has a lack of communication because people get so focused on the job that they forget about their their spouses. And this is on men mm-hmm. and women's side, especially with men, because their first thing is all in their mind is to, I got to provide, I have to provide, I have to provide. And sometimes they forget about those small things that have to be catered towards their, their wives. And so then you come mm-hmm. up with all of these issues of, I didn't know we were in this place, but you haven't, you haven't mentally been checked into the marriage. You have to make sure that marriage is, is in good condition every single day. Right. Uh, yes. Yeah. One thing me and my husband do, um, we make sure that we take a bath together every single day. Whether I get off of work late or he gets off work late, whoever gets off work, we wait. Because we use that time to talk about us. Okay, is there anything that you need from me that I'm not giving to you in this moment? Is there anything that Mm -hmm. I can work on? If you're not making the, if you're not having these conversations, there's no way that, you can have a a good marriage or one that's going to withstand when that storm does come because no marriage is perfect. Every marriage will Mm -hmm. be tested. It may be tested differently, um, but it will be tested at some point in time. And everybody can be, you know, good when it's all sunshine and rainbows. But when you Mm -hmm. really tell if somebody loves you is when y'all are going through that valley. Well, it's so low, you think both of y'all drowning and y'all continue to rise Mm -hmm. above that. And so your your spouse has to come over that job. I just heard a woman Mm -hmm. um, stay at work the other day, and she was like, "Um, I'm a full-time employee and a part-time wife. Okay. Mm -hmm. It made me scratch my head. (laughs) And, you know, I'm just thinking, like, that that was something she was comfortable with. 
And that's where mm-hmm. the generation is now with marriage because it's easy to go get a divorce. That's something that's easy mm-hmm. to do now. When back in the day, you know, older people, they used to get married at 18 and make it 34, 50 years and continue to stay married. And they've been through everything from infidelity to being broke. And it was it was mendable. They were able to come back together and continue to strive because they had a family. Now, you know, if That's the right. wind blows, they're right. ready to get divorced. Let me put a pin in it right there for a minute so I can break for a commercial. <laughs> but when we come when we come back, we're going to finish that issue right there. We're going to finish that question right there. So, y'all, hold on for a minute. We will be right back. Hello, my name is Minister Lloyd Bell Jr., CEO of We Inspire Network Radio. God bless you, and I am Minister Annie Bell, the COO of We Inspire Network Radio. We had you, our listeners, in mind when we created We Inspire Network Radio, or as we like to call it, Win Radio. We incorporated your thoughts and opinions to ensure that our programming will embody true inspiration. And we will continue to bring relevant and heartfelt shows that cater to the needs and wants of our growing listener base. Please, subscribe to our network so that you can stay connected. Join us here every week where together, through God, we win. All right, we are back. Listen, I'm Apostle John F. Solomon. You're tuned in to Strength from the Lion's Den. And we're powered by We Inspire Network Radio or Win Radio. I want to thank everybody who's still with us who tuned in tonight. And listen, I told you I was going to tell you how you can get a copy of my uh, ebook. Listen, all you have to do is go to Facebook and go to Apostle John L. Solomon Jr. That's my page, and go into the uh, private message. Go into the messenger and just put in your email address and just say I have strength, and I will make sure that my team sends you a free copy of my ebook. Again, that's Apostle John L. Solomon on Facebook. Go into the messenger and uh, send your uh, email address and say, I have strength and I'll, your, your ebook will be delivered to you. Listen, tonight we're with uh, Minister Lisa Solomon and Mrs. Chanel Nash and we're talking about uh, women with purpose. Balance of Family, Career, Ministry, and Issues that Women Face. Chanel, before we took a break, you were making some interesting points, and they were very relevant and very correct. But you know what? I, I know there are some people out there who are saying, well, you know, I got to pay bills, though. You know, we got to work. I got two jobs, and he, he's working, and we got to do this. We got to do that. So we don't have the time. And, and I know what you're saying, and that leads to divorce. What, what about those people who are of that mind frame, as well as sisters who are saying, look, I got to get my career off the ground. I got to do this because I can't mm-hmm. trust men, and I got to do this for myself and that right there. What would you say to them on that side of the fence? Well, that's that's in every household. I'm married. Okay. I got a one-year-old daughter, one on the way. So I definitely mm-hmm. understand when it comes to mm-hmm. we have to make sure that we do what we have to do so that these bills can get paid. But at the same mm-hmm. time, you still have to nurture your marriage. You still have to continue to grow that marriage because whatever you don't water will die. Oh, the same good. thing Please. goes for marriages. The same thing goes to, for marriage as well. So it's all about balance. Like I stated, okay. if my That's husband good. has to wait up a little bit longer for me to get home or if I have to wait up a little bit longer, lose a little bit more sleep just so we can have that us time, you don't have to go out because I understand everybody can't afford to go on date night, you know, once a week or once a month. I definitely understand that. But have that intimate time where we put our daughter down and we just go and just have our time to just talk, to just continue to nurture each other, to make sure that we're still on the same page because we've been in that situation to where we we've woken up and really realized, oh, God, what have we let our marriage come to? Mm-hmm. Right. How did we get How did we get to this place? How did I end up in the bed with another 
another man? How did my husband end up with, in the bed with another woman? How did we get to this place? How do we let our marriage do that? And when you don't nurture your marriage, when you don't take that time, whether it's five minutes or ten minutes, because trust me, we don't, we don't mm-hmm. stay in the tub all night. We got to go to bed because we got to get up in the morning. <laughs> right. But we take, that, we take those few minutes to just love mm-hmm. on one another. Whether it be we get in the bed and cuddle, we watch whatever he wants to watch for the nights, which is usually sports, Emma. Mm-hmm. Uh, or we amen. watch a home decorating show. We do something <laughs> together that continues to build that bond between us. Okay. And when you when you make up in your mind that my your marriage is important to you, the survival of your marriage is important to you, you'll make that balance. You will. Amen. You have to. That's it. That's true. I agree. Okay, you agree. Okay. I do agree. (laughs) That's the one thing I was thinking about when she said um, the balance, because you have to have balance. Mm -hmm. Because even though you say, okay, I have bills to pay and I need to get my career Mm -hmm. off the ground, and but like I said before, you're going to lose touch with something in your marriage. You're going to lose touch with each other. And if you don't, if you can't have any balance, then something has to give. Because I know for me, for example, I will let it all go because I am not going to let one thing overtake, which it would be a career, overtake my family or my marriage, which is very important to me. I know. She won't even let me clock out. I know. Okay. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> Listen now. I want to. I want to ask you a question here. I want your own personal opinion, but I also want what you think women think. Now, let me tell you. Now, there are there are different types of men. They're mind men with intellect, the smart thinking types, and then you got the socially conscious men, the men of the movement, and then you have the body men, the biceps, triceps, stacking and packing, and you have spiritual men. <laughs> God first, quench your thirst. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you find most attractive about a man? And what do you think most women find attractive about uh, men, uh, Chanel? Um, well, for me personally, um, what drew me to my husband was his walk with Christ. Um, that cool. was something that I didn't have growing up. I didn't have that father figure in my life who could teach me those things. So when I met my husband, he was like a new breed because I was always, you know, drawn towards those rough necks, you know, not got, doesn't have a whole lot going on. They were the bad boys. So, you know, most girls when they growing up, you know, that's the thing. But once you get older, that stuff go out the window. We got bills to pay. Anybody have time for that? Mm-hmm. So for me, um, <laughs> that was the one thing that drew me to my husband because he spoke differently. You know, mm-hmm. it was, you know, the way he presented his, himself to me, um, the way he carried himself because he had that relationship. Um, uh, a lot of, of our first dates were at a church because he had to be a, he had to be in place. He had to play, and that was priority for him to make sure that he was in place and he was taking care of the position that he had been given. So a lot of our first dates were in the church, and he, you know, he did a he said a lot of things to me that at first I was like, Okay, you're judging me but actually he was asking me to think better for myself, to want better for myself mm-hmm. and to do better for myself. Mm-hmm. And when I finally got it in my mind that he wasn't um trying to attack my personality or my character, but that he was wanting better for me as a person in general. He just wanted me to do better and be better. That's when I realized, okay, this is this is what God was trying to bring me to. And for me, that's one of the the best things that um, a man can have is that walk with Christ. It's something about watching a man lead a household that is just, oh, my God, everything to me. (laughs) Now, now as for women as a whole, I think uh, a lot what draws women to a lot of men is um, in today's time is financial stability. Mm -hmm. 
Um, that's one thing that a lot of women look for because we feel like if you have mm-hmm. your finances in order, then everything else is lining up in your life as well. Um, so if he has a good credit score, um, he has a good job, if he has his own home, uh, if he's not, if he can go and sign for something and he doesn't need a co-signer, women, a lot a lot of women are looking into those things now to see if this is a suitable candidate for them. Okay. Okay. Now, for me, it's um, similar to what um, Chanel said. One of the main, well, the main thing for me that is attractive about a man is his spirituality. Now, a heart for God, now that is the most attractive quality a man can have, which I can say my husband, our host, John Solomon definitely <laughs> hates. We'll speak on it then. We'll speak on it then. <laughs> don't, don't, don't. We won't break for a commercial. We'll let you go ahead and finish that. <laughs> and that's what I first fell in love with, with him. You know, I mean, he's attractive on the outside, but I love what he's about on the inside. And I also find attractive with him is, and, and also you need to find attractive in a man, is what's his purpose in life? Now yes. he has to have he needs to have a purpose and he needs to be in the process of discovering it. And that's one thing I can say about my husband. One one of the things that we first talked about is the things we wanted to do and he told me his purpose and, and his reason and what God has given him and, and that attracted me. I I love that because we had some of the same goals and the same ideas, the same mindset. And also with the purpose comes direction. Okay, so he has a purpose in the process of discovering, and then comes direction. You also got honesty, you got trust, and, of course, the humor. I have to actually say the humor. That's attractive to me because I have the most humorous husband ever, and so am I, I have to say. (laughs) Now, just as Chanel was saying, um, a lot of women are looking for, you know, some of the things I named as well, but most women are visual. And they're focused on what they can see um, from a man, you know, they, as far as his looks, you know, can they see that he has a good job? Can they see um, where he's working, the type of car he drives? Just like Chanel spoke, you know, the type of home he lives in. Does he have a home? <laughs> and this mm-hmm. brings on just a certain stereotype and stigma that women have on men. And those are some of the things they actually find attractive. But my question to women is, while you looking for the visual and physical elements of a man to be attractive, have you even taken the time to work on yourself and make yourself mm. attractive inside as well as the outside? Mm. Because we're looking for so many things from these men as far as the physical, but what about, what have you done for your inside and outside? Mm. You better preach. Okay. Yes, mm. yes, yes, ma'am. So, you know, so, I tell, uh, so I you, tell a lot of women <laughs> Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, Chanel. I tell a lot of women, a lot of times we're looking for um, that Mercedes Benz when we're just a Ford Focus. You bet. So I believe you're shopping on. Okay, hold on. Let me go go shop for a minute. Hold on, hold on, hold on. (laughs) (laughs) Go go ahead with that again now. I tell them, I'm like, you're looking for that Mercedes Benz when you're just a Ford Mm -hmm. Focus. You have they have mm-hmm. these lists of what they want, these qualities that they have, and they mm-hmm. don't compare to those same qualities that they're looking for. So it's like you on the wrong, you in the wrong, you on the wrong aisle, on the wrong rack, on the wrong shelf. <laughs> you have to make sure that you're able to compete with what you're asking for, the qualities mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. you're asking for. Mm-hmm. You can't get something that you're not able to give either. Okay. Amen. Wow, that was that was that that was very deep. I, I ain't gonna touch it. But next week I'm gonna be talking with some brothers and all. We, we I, I can I can express some things a little bit better. But tonight we're talking about women, so but that that was real good. And I, I'm sure I'm sure if we had if we had uh if we were taking callers, I'm sure they would validate some of the uh, points that you're making. Uh, let, let me just identify what we're doing tonight. I'm, I'm Apostle John L. Solomon, and you're tuned into Strength from the Lion's Den. And tonight we're talking about 
uh, women with purpose, balancing your mini- balancing your ministry, your home life, your career, your family. That those things are important to women, and women have really come a long way in today's society. At one time, they couldn't vote; they were considered second-class citizens. But today, they've really made waves, and it's important for women to step up and to understand this very thing. Uh, listen, we were talking about we were talking Snell. You were talking about your time with your husband. Um, how important would you, as well as Lisa, <laughs> is sex in the marriage, and why would women agree or disagree with you? Sex is very important, um, but I think one thing that we get that we lose focus on is actually talking about sex with our mates. Um, what we like, what we don't like. If they don't understand what it is that you need sexually, they're going to continue to give you um, what they believe is best. And so you're sitting up there with a frown on your face because you're not sexually satisfied, but you have to open your mouth and say, babe, I need you to touch me this way. I need you to touch that spot, caress this spot, kiss this spot, lick this spot. You have to let him know because people can't read minds. If you've never told your spouse exactly what it is that you need, then it's going to be hard trying to make that that component work all together because sex is important. Everybody needs sex in the relationship. You know, that is one thing that continues to connect connect you as husband and wife to continue to make you one with that person is that component. Lisa? Okay. I totally agree. Now, I also say sex is definitely important in a marriage. Now, sex or what I, I like to say, love making. Now, that's a vital component in a marriage. A couple both need to know that they have these moments of int- intimacy which only they share and which they bond together. Now, the most important part of sex in a marriage is marrying someone who ideas about sex matches yours. That is definitely important. And you should never, in a marriage, you should never look at sex as a chore. Now, when a couple allows their sex lives in a marriage to become boring, not important, or what they say, sexless, the couple now becomes, they seem more like roommates in a marriage. Now, I feel that a woman, and I also feel that a woman should reject her husband in the bedroom. You should make sex a priority. Now, some women may disagree with me about that, but that's how I feel because if a woman can spend all day at work, okay, doing her work duties of her boss, and she can spend all day long with her kids, she can go shopping with her girlfriends mm-hmm. all day long, she can devote just that much time and even more with her husband. You can't come home and say, okay, now I'm tired, I'm this, I'm that. You, you can't do that. That's not fair. Don't make the sex in your marriage secondary when you've given everybody else in your life number one priority of you. Now, many times working through the sexual in- intimacy, other parts of the marriage will fall into place, and all of the outside problems that were once what people call a big problem, they can get resolved. When the sexual intimacy in the marriage can be nurtured and given the time to grow, then the marriage will definitely be successful. And just like Chanel was saying, you got to have communication as far as what you like. But as I said before, in a marriage, you're going to marry someone who um, has the the same feelings about sex or love making as you do. Hmm. Well, let me step outside of myself for a minute and act as a, a a bystander. Now, sex between men and women are different. So, how would a, a woman approach her husband's need as well as hers? As you were saying, Chanel. One being she being satisfied, he being satisfied. Uh, Lisa, how do you see them communicating when some people are sensitive about their sexuality? You know, how do you uh, help them get around that barrier or help them to break through to communicating about this subject? I mean, you know, not not okay. You know, you don't want it to be okay. Let's let's do it on Monday, and then we're gonna do it on Wednesday, and then we'll do it maybe <laughs> next week on Thursday. You know, you don't want it to become such a routine. Yeah. Cause it's like, okay, okay, here I am, time to go. You know, cool. you don't understand what I'm saying here. Yeah, yeah well, sometimes if 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 there's a couple that's kind of 
you know, it's sensitive like that. One thing you can do is write your feelings down. Okay. One thing it's always important to journal about a lot of things. Write write your feelings down. Write what you want. And you get exchange that with your spouse. That's one way of doing it. Um, I truly think communication is in, is the top number one way. But definitely writing it down. That helps because that that may be a barrier and just break that barrier by doing that. Writing it down. And from there, then the communication will start because you have to have that flow going on in that marriage at all times. Okay, Shania? Definitely. Um, I think when you love someone, um, and especially when you are married and you say those vows to one another, you want to do everything in your power that's going to continue to fulfill them. Um, And with that, me and my husband, we are night and day when it comes to um, what we like sexually. But I have to understand that if I can, if I cater to him the way he needs it, he'll do the same for me. It'll be reciprocated. Mm-hmm. So he understands okay. that I need foreplay. I need that intimacy before, you know, everything goes on. So he knows that I need that sweet time of us just being close without making real physical contact with one another. And I know he loves, you know, the spontaneousness mm-hmm. of of the action. So he likes the cute outfits yeah, and things yeah, like yeah, that. Most, so, most men right. do. Most, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I know, <laughs> if, you know, I know if he's going to be working like, okay, we've had a long week. We haven't really had that time. It's about being considerate and thoughtful about who you're with. Okay. We've been working all week. We haven't really had any time to just really have a real nice intimate moment. Okay. So I get home first night. Let me go ahead and pull something out so I can be waiting on him when he come home. Let me send him a little picture that's going to get him, that's going to make him anticipate it because he likes stuff like that. That doesn't necessarily mean I just want to do this all the time, but I understand that for him, these are the things that he needs, and these are the things that continue to keep him, to keep his blood flowing and continues to make him want to run home to me because you have to make sure you're you're catering to that, that part of a man. Men are more physical than women. We can cuddle all day long, and men don't want to do that. They mm-hmm. just want to hit, go ahead and get it over with. But he understands that, okay, my <laughs> wife needs that, that nurturing time, that cuddling time. She needs that for me. So in order for me to make sure she at home, you know, on some random nights dressed up in that good lingerie that she got in there, I need to go ahead and make sure oh, we cuddle okay. the night for her until she go to sleep and I can just roll her off my arm. All right. So, I'm going to put a pin in that and I'll make sure I'll, I'll have to talk to my uh <laughs> My my directors let them know I need to do a subject on sex and marriage. Coming soon. <laughs> well, let, let me continue on that. Where did the time Where did the time go? Listen, uh, I just want to ask you this: uh, How do you process uh, getting up and get going when you felt like you hit bottom? As a woman, you feel like you're defeated. You feel like you know all the strength is left. You've done everything, and you feel like you're getting nowhere. What? What do you do to process yourself to get up and get going, Lisa? Lisa? Okay, Chanel? Okay, so Chanel? what I do... Hello? Go ahead, I hear you, Chanel. Hello? All right. Yeah, yeah. Um, what what I do um, whenever I'm feeling defeated, I try to remember my why. Why am I doing this? What is my motivation? Because there's, there are going to be days um, within your career, within ministry, where you just want to give up. You just want to quit. You're like, Lord, why am I doing this? Why am I here? So in those moments for me, um, I try to remember my why. And then on top of that, it's all about how I start my day off. Um, if I know I'm in one of those moods where I'm just feeling like my lowest of lows, my first thing is always to start my day off with prayer. 
meditate, mm-hmm. meditate on his word and remember the things that he's promised me. Remember the things of why he's called me to do what I'm doing, because there will be days where you feel like nobody is on your team and you're a one man team and you just want to let it all go. So I definitely uh, always start my day off with prayer. Um, and then I, I always try to make sure whatever I'm feeding into myself is is positivity. So that goes with the music that I'm going to be listening to for today. I have a playlist just for when I'm in these moments. And when I'm on my way to work and I'm like, Lord, I really don't want to go to this job. I don't want to clock in, but I know I got bills to pay. So let me get my mind together. So I have a specific playlist of songs just for those times when I feel like that, that I know is going to get me back into the mood of, okay, we can do this. I can make this happen today. And I can continue to push forward and remember that I have my family to think about. I have my husband to think about. We just bought our first home together. So those bills got to mm-hmm. get paid. And even on my computer at work, I have a little sticky note pad on my um, desktop mm-hmm. that just is full of motivational quotes and inspirational okay. quotes okay. that I can continue to see because I'm, I'm a visual person. So I have to mm-hmm. make sure that I'm always keeping something in my face that you know is going to continue to cheer me up and lift me up so I have pictures of my family to remind me why I'm doing what I'm doing and why I you know go so hard for what it is I'm doing even when I feel like it's falling apart Lisa are you back? Do I have you back? Yes I'm back I'm back. Okay so go ahead did you you, you hear the question? I did not Uh, what I was asking is when you uh, when you feel like you're ready to quit, you've lost strength, you feel defeated, uh, you know, fighting the lupus. What what do you process to pick yourself up and get back going again? What's your process, or what do you do to strengthen and reinvigorate yourself so that you can get back in the fight as a woman? Oh wow, what I have to do, I have to go to God in prayer. Um, sometimes when you're at your lowest, and sometimes while I speak for myself, of course. Sometimes for me, I have been at my lowest, and I didn't know what to do. And even in ministering to people, I have to tell people, you just have to call on the name of Jesus. But when I hit rock bottom, I have to pray and believe that God would do what he said he would. Now, it's not easy, but this is definitely not the time to give up. When you hit rock bottom, you have to go to Jesus as fast as you can. You never sit down on the seat of do nothing. Mm-hmm. You got to pray with everything that you got. And when you can't pray, as I said before, you have to call on his name. And I have to always, and I, for years I have kept in my mind, weeping may do it for a night, but joy comes in the mm-hmm. morning. And I'm telling you, I have to think about even the story with um, Peter. He hit, he truly hit rock bottom when he betrayed Jesus. But the thing that Peter learned, the thing that we almost learned when we are at our lowest, is that the rock bottom? Is that being at rock bottom is the best foundation to build upon? And sometimes, even when you can't see your way, sometimes I you even have to go to somebody who else who can. Sometimes we have to we have to have a praying partner. We have to we need that person to go to. But sometimes no one is there. But you have to call on the name of Jesus with everything you got. You have to pray. You have to have that active prayer life. Well, amen. Well, ladies, this truly has been an honor having you on the show tonight. I'm, I pray that some women have been strengthened by your words. They've been blessed by the things that you share. I'm sure going to have you back again on the show. Chanel Nash, uh, thank you so much. How can people reach you? Yes, you can reach me on Facebook, um, Chanel Nash, the, the Purpose Midwife. Um, I have several social media pages that you can follow me on. I am Chanel Nash. Just continue to follow me. Um, I'm always updating many events online and things of that nature. So I'm always reachable and always attainable and always willing to talk to anyone who needs my help. Amen. Amen. Lisa, how can we reach you? Okay, you can reach me on Facebook, Lisa Solomon. Also, my ministry page, Motivation to Make It the Rule. I can be emailed at lgtech0314 at gmail.com. And you can also reach me on Instagram, Lisa Solomon. Amen. Ladies, you've been great. I thank you so much for being here again. All my uh, my listening audience, thank you so much for being here. I just want to mention Larry Wilson, Pastor Larry Wilson, the House of David, and 
the Stubbs family, Elder Stubbs and his wife, thank y'all so much for your support and for just uh, being a part of what we're doing. To all my listeners, I thank God for you. Tune in next week at 7 p.m. We're going to be talking to the brothers about what a man, what a man, what a mighty good man. And we're going to be asking you, what's a good man? So in conclusion tonight, you be a woman of purpose. Be a woman of strength. Be an empowered woman. Be a phenomenon woman. Open up your mouth and let people know that you are here. You can roar too because God has given you something great in fact of being a female. Don't be ashamed of yourself. Don't be ashamed of your body. But you step out and let people know that you're here. God bless you on tonight. I'm so happy that you join us. So I'll see you again next week. I'm Apostle Solomon, and this is Strength from the Lion's Den. God bless you. Thank <laughs> you.